Hallelujah. Give them a hand clap, if you will. What a blessing. Thank you, Jake. Hallelujah. What a good God we serve. Hallelujah. We have, um, again, been talking a lot uh, about just uh, the character of God, uh, the characteristics of God, every week coming at it, different angle, different uh, you know, different way of looking at things and just seeing the goodness of God uh, in a whole new light. Today we're going to do the same thing. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is where we're going to start today. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to talk about God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. God is faithful. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Now, um, we know... By Scripture, um, you know, we've done a many a sermon on faithfulness, and, and uh, you know, most of the time we're talking about God's looking for your faithfulness, your commitment and dedication, and your, uh, you know, willingness to stay true and, and committed to what, uh, you know, you've said you'd stay true to. Come on. And God's looking, amen, for the faithful. And we know in the end, hopefully, we're all going to hear, well done, thou good and Faithful servant, praise God, amen. Now, I thought I'd hear a little bit more response out of that and that. That's one of those words I'm going to hear. Anybody else with me on that one? Amen. And so we know that God's looking for the faithful. You know, He says to commit, commit it to faithful men, amen. Looking for faithful people. But see, God isn't asking for you to do anything that He ain't willing to do Himself. Are you hearing me? He's looking for you to be faithful, but you have to understand the fruit of the Spirit. Part of that is faithfulness. Amen. It comes out of Him. He is faithful. Amen. So He's not asking you to be faithful and Himself not be faithful. He is a faithful God. Amen. So with that said, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to go to verse 9. We'll just kind of let it, uh, let it build here. Every time I've looked at my notes, I've changed it again. It's one of them messages, you know, it's like, which way do I want to come at this? And, and uh, so uh, hopefully uh, uh, we'll, we'll today come out the right way. Amen. Come on. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9 says, God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Everybody say, God is faithful. God is faithful. The word faithful here. Uh, means trustworthy, uh, trustful. It means sure or true-hearted. Okay? It means to be true to what you believe or true to what you say. Amen? Anytime you study faithfulness, uh, it speaks of uh, devotion or being devout, loyal, dedicated, uh, being reliable or dependable. talks about commitment or being committed. And uh, so these are definitely uh, qualities that come out of God. God is committed to you. God's devoted to you. For God so loved the world, right, that He gave His only begotten Son. Why? Because of His commitment and devotion to you, His love for you. Praise God. And uh, so uh, this verse here kind of brings that out, that God is faithful by whom you were called. This word called means a, a bidding, a summons, a uh, a proposal or an invitation, all right? So God's called you, amen. 
Amen. He didn't just call you, just say, hey, come my way and whatever happens, happens. God's letting it be known, I'm with you. I'm calling you unto myself. I'm calling you into the family. I'm calling you into the fold. Why? Because I'm committed. I'm devoted to you, praise God, who called us into the fellowship of His Son. The word fellowship here is the uh, Greek word koinonia, which speaks of communion or partnership or participation. It literally speaks of family. It's a family, uh, covenant family type word. And uh, God has, has called you into a place of intimacy with Himself, a place of communion, amen, a place uh, into the family of God, amen. And God is committed to you. Look at your neighbor and say, God is committed to you. Hallelujah. God is devoted, amen, uh, to, to, to you, amen. And we're going to kind of take a look at that today uh, in, some, uh, in just some different way here. But I just kind of uh, felt like, um, you know, that we got to grab hold of how committed and devoted God really is. Even when times we're not. Are you hearing me? Let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Hallelujah. Now, you got ears to hear today? Oh, yeah. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, let's see here. Do I want to back up and read more of this? Um, well, verse 11 of chapter 2 says, This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, in other words, it just means if we lay down our life uh, for him, uh, in that fact, that's kind of what Paul's talking about here. He just, he's kind of dealing with this in the subject that he's, his willingness to lay down his life for the cause, to lay down his life for God. If we, uh, if we died with him, in fact, I think it's um, uh, Galatians 2 and uh, chapter 20 says, we've been crucified together with Christ. So it's not I who live, but Christ in us who live, right? And the life that we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. So in other words, you know, we're, we're laying down our life. Why? Because He first laid down His life. Come on. It's, it's worthy to lay down our lives, amen, for Him. And He says here that if we're willing to die with Him, we shall also live with Him. Amen. In fact, we, you get on, you know, resurrection power and talking that and the reason that power is so readily available because of our willingness, amen, to lay down our lives for Him. Amen. And that power is readily available. Amen. We, if we died with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we endure, amen. Everybody say endure. endure. That just means to continue or remain. Amen. Stay consistent. Uh, we shall also reign with Him. That speaks of, of dominion and authority. Uh, speaks of uh, that overcoming, you know, in this life. It's not talking about someday in the sweet by and by. It's talking about right here. And when you make the decision to lay down your life, you walk in the abundant life. You make a decision uh, to endure, to, uh, to remain, to continue. Guess what? Praise God. Then that, uh, too, has benefits. Amen. Are you still with me? Yeah. Amen. And that is dominion or reigning with Him. Praise God. But it, then it goes and it says, but if we deny Him, He also will deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. He cannot deny Himself. Now, if you don't study this, it starts, you know, starts making some things look a little confusing. But the word deny here, this uh, word uh, means to, uh, 
to reject or refuse. It means a willful rejection. And what it's referring to is as, as you, uh, you know, if you're, if you're wanting to, you know, turn away or walk away from it, you have to understand God will let you. When you draw unto Him, He draws unto you. But if you don't want to draw unto Him, He ain't going to force you. God's a gentleman. Are you hearing me? And He's only going to go where He's, you know, where he's received and where He's accepted. And, and uh, you know, when, uh, when faith is released and, and you're going you know, to believe and trust in Him, guess what? He's there. And that's what He's trying to let, you, let it be known here in this text, that even if you're faithless, unbelieving, it literally means to disbelieve or disobey. It says, He remains faithful. Because why? He cannot deny Himself. No, He stays faithful to His Word. God will always be there. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Even when we have a tendency sometimes to not be there for Him. Are you still with me? I wanted to give uh, kind of a, uh, a description a little bit of what, you know, maybe uh, of, of how this looks and, um, you know, a faithful father. And so we're going to go to Luke 15 and we're just going to, I think we're just going to go there and hang out there for a few minutes. Luke 15. And I think this will help with what we have for you for the rest of this service. When you kind of see it, It makes a lot of sense. God never forces Himself on anybody. Now, sometimes we wish He would, you know, and, uh, you know, especially when we're dealing with other people. (laughs) God, force yourself on that person. Make them submit. Make them be good. Make them do what they're supposed to do. Make them, you know, serve. Make them give, you know, whatever, you know. But how many know that ain't how it works? Come on. It's not even, you really, you waste your time to even pray that. Come on, somebody. It's just, you know, you just believe that they're going to, you know, see the light. Their eyes are going to be open. They're going to see it and grab hold of it themselves and make a quality choice to just go after Him. Praise God. And as people move toward Him, He's moving toward them. Why? Because God is always there with open arms. God is good. Amen. God is good. Amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to look at the, um, the story of what we would refer to as the prodigal son. And, uh, and so we're going to uh, take a look at this in the light of what we're talking about today. And verse 11 says, a certain man had two sons. Okay, now this really sometimes referred to as a parable, but in all honesty it says there was a certain man. So this obviously happened. Okay, and so here he is sharing this Uh, you know, relaying this story uh, to those that are there. And mostly around him right now is Pharisees and scribes, okay? So he gets their attention with this story. He says, a certain man had two sons. Everybody say two sons. Because a lot of times we forget about the second one. But in the light of what we're going to talk about today, I think we need to understand and see both sons here, okay? And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. In other words, my inheritance. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together 
and journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. And that's where we get this thing, talk about the prodigal son. And that just means being wasteful, okay? Now, obviously, he went to a far country, which means he went out of his country. Come on, right? I mean, you just got to kind of read this in. And so when you start getting into this story, there's a lot of covenant stuff that's being talked and discussed here. And so if, if you just speed read it, you miss it. But if you kind of uh, gradually look at this, you can start seeing what's happening and how significant this really is and why Jesus chose to share this. It said, uh, so he went into a far country, wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Verse 14, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And then he went and joined himself, in other words, in covenant, to a citizen of that country. So he's not with, not with one of his own, okay, he's with somebody outside. All right? And he sent him into his fields to feed the swine, which is totally taboo. All right? But anyway, nevertheless, that's what happens when you covenant, you know, you connect yourself, you associate yourself with those outside. Come on now. You know. All right. So anyway, next thing you know, he's feeding pigs, all right? And he would gladly, verse 16, he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. In other words, he's starving. And when he came to himself, now you wouldn't think it'd take long. You wouldn't think it'd take long to come to yourself in those kind of situations. But there's a lot of things involved. Um, he knows what he did, and he knows what he did was wrong. Come on. So there's the, there's the shame. There's the guilt. Um, you know, he knows what he did concerning covenant. And, uh, you know, and according to, you know, covenant, uh, it, you know, he obviously has basically detached himself from the covenants of God because of the covenant that he connected with, with an outsider. And um, I'm just kind of summarizing that, okay, because I'm not really getting real deep into all that. But, uh, but the bottom line is this young man knows what he did. He was aware of what he did. And so sometimes, you know, it could be a little bit of pride, you know. It could be just, you know, just high doses of shame and I don't know how to face dad. I don't know how to face my family. Um, you know, uh, he could have died in that. I said he could have died in that. Um, it's just a thought, but with where we're going to go with some things, um, I think it, it's, it's relevant. Um, praise the Lord that he came to himself and uh, made a decision uh, to move again, toward his father, right? But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants? So he's not really, you know, he's not looking at himself right now as a son. He's just thinking, you know, if I could just go there and get a job as a servant, I at least know my father. Why? Because my father's good. I mean, I at least know that he takes care of his servants. 
This guy I'm connected with right now doesn't do that. He feeds his pigs better than he feeds me. So he's thinking, you know, not as going back as a son because of he knows he broke the covenant. Everybody say God's good. good. All right. Now remember where we're going. God is faithful. Hmm. Even when sometimes we're not. God is faithful. Even when sometimes we're faithless. God is faithful even at times when maybe we've denied Him. We've turned our back or walked away. God still remains faithful. This is a description of a faithful father. And when He came to Himself, He said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He knows that, according to covenant. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Everybody say, God is faithful. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, everything, you know, he had been rehearsing. You can imagine, uh, he had, you know, quite a few miles to to get home. So how many times did he have to rehearse all this? Trying to think of the best way to say this and how to say it. And, uh, you know, and I want to make, you know, uh, you know, just everything. You just imagine the emotion and the feelings and everything. Think of, too, you know, he took his inheritance and completely wasted it. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was still a great way off, the father saw him, had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22, but the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him. Now remember, this boy just, you know, Probably stinks like a pig pen. So put on the robe. Now again, this is all covenant. Okay? The robe, the ring, the, the feet, all this is all about covenant. Okay? Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now, a faithful father. You notice the father didn't chase him when he left. He didn't chase him. And um, sometimes the temptation when that kind of stuff happens, we just want to chase after him and try to make it all right. And it's like, God ain't chasing him. But where's God? He ain't chasing after you. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna, you know, not follow, not do, not go. That's fine. 
That's pretty dangerous. Because you might die in a pig pen. That'd be horrible. Yeah, they will. <laughs> Thank you, brother. That was my picture exactly. You don't want to die in no pig pen. You ain't never going to be found. Come on, somebody. Now, this man at least came to himself. And when he made a decision, and by the way, a quality decision, to turn and head back toward the Father, here is the Father. And we see a, a perfect example, him moving toward the Father and the Father moving toward him. Amen. Everybody say, God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. So let's, let's read on, because there's another son involved here. Verse 25 says, Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And so he called one of the, one of his, one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. I love this. I, I, I just now seen this. Because he has received him safe and sound. Yeah, he messed up. Yeah, he screwed up. Yeah, he made some real miserable choices. But he's safe and sound now. He's home. Come on, somebody. Amen. But he was angry. You think, well, you know, what's the deal? But anyway, he was angry. Everybody say angry. angry. I think he's got problems here. He was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and, and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. Well, he's probably a little deceived there. You know, sometimes we, we think that way and get kind of high and mighty a little bit. But anyway, we'll leave that alone. We'll that would be another sermon. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours, he didn't even call him his brother. <laughs> that son of yours who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, how would you know that, son? Anyway, another sermon. You killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. Everybody say, God is faithful. It's the same thing. God, everything that He has is ours. Because God is faithful. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and now is found. Amen. Everybody say, God is faithful. And what we have is a perfect description, uh, you know, that I'm sure that no matter how, you know, how much an earthly father could show love or compassion, uh, our heavenly father blows the doors off of it. 
but, uh, but it does give us an idea of this thing of faithfulness. And uh, as we read earlier, you know, you might be faithless. You, might, you, may, you may choose to not believe or choose to not obey or deny. In other words, choose uh, to walk away. Are you hearing me? A willful rejection, a choice that you make. But God still honors His Word. And He still honors the price that was paid. And He still honors the blood of Jesus. And so any time that you move toward Him, He's always going to be moving towards you. You want to turn and run and walk? He'll let you. But He's always going to be right here. Amen. This kind of, in a lot of ways, kind of where in my heart, uh, in doing, you know, working with the church, and uh, over the years I've seen a lot of pastors come, a lot of, you know, a lot of them, you know, that through uh, um, their, um, or a lot of pastors I've over the years got to know, I should say, that just through weariness of dealing with people things and stuff that, um, you know, after a while, pretty soon it, it weighs heavy and does a heavy toll on their households and families, and, and, um, and I've seen it, and, um, and it's sad. It, it saddens me. And, um, but a lot of times what happens is um, it's little things like this. We chase after the ones uh, that want to go. And I hate seeing anybody go. Uh, I hate it because, you, you know, you, you pour your time and your energies and your prayer and, and uh, you know, you don't want to see anybody leave. And, uh, you know, it's, so sometimes it's a kick in the shins and, and um, when somebody, you know, just up and wants to leave. And, and, uh, but, and, and, and the temptation is to run after them. And all it does is weary you. And so you're pouring your guts out for somebody that really could care less. Now, that might sound a little strong, but in a lot of ways, that's, that's accurate. And then the ones that are here, amen, then get the second skimmings. Hello, somebody. Because you poured your guts out for those that don't. So the point being made and, um, is I, I feel in my heart as a pastor that I have to operate the same way a father does here. You know, it's not that I won't call or, or do our best to try to connect, but I have found when somebody makes a decision, they want to go, want to be done, I, I'm just going to be right here waiting. I ain't going anywhere. I said I ain't going anywhere. Right here. You walk back in them doors, you're going to get a hug. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to kiss you on the neck. I'll hug you. Come on. Hallelujah. And I'm just saying, I think, I think there's, some, there's some truth to this. And I think, um, at least on my perspective as a pastor, um, I'm going to stay faithful to you. Come on. Regardless of, you know, where you want to go, what you want to do, how you want to do it. And uh, we're going to be here preaching truth every week. 
I said, we're going to be here preaching truth every week. Ain't going to back up on that. Not going to back up on the truth of God's Word. Not going to back up on our, our uh, commitment to walk in love and compassion towards others. And you walk back in them doors, we're going to give you a hug. Because we're going to be grateful you're here. Anybody hear me today? Now, I just think it's something worthy of looking at, okay? But the Father is faithful. Okay, so let's get back talk about a faithful Father, all right? So let's go to, uh, um, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and take a look at this now in the light of these things that we've shared. Are you still with me? Yes. Amen. <clears throat> I've had, a, a, over the years, you know, talking about these kind of things with, as, far, as far as pastoring, a lot of people say, well, I don't understand why you don't chase after that person. Well, that's how a lot of them end up, a lot of pastors end up done. And uh, I hate that. And uh, anyway, we're going to just be faithful. Amen. Anytime you come here, we're going to be preaching faith. We're going to be preaching Jesus. Amen. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says this. But as God is faithful, everybody say God's faithful. Our word to you is not yes and no. In other words, we're not, we're not being inconsistent here. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in Him was yes. In other words, we weren't being inconsistent about anything we've been preaching. For all the promises of God in Him are yes. And in Him, amen. To the glory of God through us. Why are all the promises of God in Him yes and in Him amen? Because He's faithful. See, He's saying this, that regardless of what you choose and decide, anytime you make a decision to move back and lean on Him, He's there. All the promises. Everybody say all the promises. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Now, in the area of the promises, um, in fact, the promise, let's, let's just see how, how promise is defined. A promise is defined as an expressed assurance on which expectation is to be based. So in other words, something expressed an expressed assurance is something that has been spoke, something that you can bank on. Expressed assurance on which your expectation is to be based. Now, you have to believe for it. Promise is readily available. Let's just look at the same light. Here's the promise. Any promise in that word, and there's a bunch of them. Promises that... Deal with every area of your life, your health, your finance, your family, 
your salvation, come on, your protection. There are thousands of promises in the Word that are right here. Remember, son, all that I have is yours. What are you upset about? You're upset because somebody else who'd been running has all of a sudden now made a decision to come back in? All that I have is yours. So, all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. He is faithful to that. Verse 23 of Hebrews 10 says, Let us hold fast, in other words, stay locked on, the confession of our hope. In other words, keep talking, amen, those things that, 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 that we're expecting without wavering. For He who promised is faithful. So in other words, anybody who will hold fast to the promise will get the promise. Why? Because all that he has is yours. Anybody that walks away makes a decision, you know what, what have I done? They've come to themselves and went, whoo, let's get back to the house. Whoo, let's get back to the word. Whoo, let's get back to faith. Whoo, let's get back to God. Whoo, what am I doing? They're moving toward, here it is. One of those promises is He's merciful. I'm grateful God is merciful. I'm grateful God is so good. God is faithful. Hallelujah. God has there that, you know what, because every now and then my attitude gets the best of me. Early on in the ministry, um, I think I quit a thousand times. Then hired myself back on the next hour. I don't know, maybe you never had those ups and downs, but I had a few of those. And uh, those moments when, man, you just get caught up in the, you know, caught up with this and caught up with that. And next thing you know, you just, you kind of feel like you've been drugged under the bus. And, and, uh, and the whole time, it's like God is there. You don't need to lean on anybody else. You don't need anybody else's approval. You don't need anybody else's, you know, anything. I'm your provider. I'm your healer. I'm your deliverer. I'm your salvation. I'm your strength. I'm your wisdom. I'm your counsel. I'm everything you could ever want. And, you know, you'd see people go and people come, and you just felt like, you know, people just you know, would take your heart and just throw it on the ground and... And you go, huh. you go up and you scoop that little heart up again. And, oh, how could you do that? And you try to put it back in there. Somebody say, you know, stands there holding the hand out again. Hand that little heart over to them again. And they look at it. And step on it again. Pretty soon you're like, I don't want to give, me, give you my heart anymore. 
He's down, you scoop it back out. And now you're starting to do this. <laughs> no matter what side of this thing you're on, God is faithful. So, you know, for the person that, you know, leaving, coming, whatever, for the person that felt like they'd been crushed, felt like they'd been abused or mistreated or whatever, on both accounts, no matter which son you are, God is faithful. And so you have to, you have to lock onto that, that all that he has is ours. Do you think the father was all bent out of shape? He never, you know, he didn't even say one thing about, his, about the inheritance that got wasted. He didn't have one problem with it because he wasn't running out. <laughs> I'm just glad you're home, son. Hallelujah. Hey, cook up a good fat one back there. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know. It just, you know, anyway, I just, God is faithful. Are you still with me? All right. So anybody that would stand on any promise, guess what? They can have it. Because regardless of where you're coming at it, how you're coming at it, every promise is still yes and amen. Every time. Always. Well, I don't think that guy deserves it. Well, sometimes you don't either. Sometimes you're a flat stinker. Has anybody ever told you that? You're a stinker. They might have put a few more frills and fancies in that, but it means the same thing. Come on. Sometimes you don't, you know, you don't do everything right either. Sometimes you, your attitude gets the best of you, and sometimes you're, you know, you're, you know, you're, you know. I'll just leave it at that. The point is, God's faithful. The God we serve is faithful. All right. Let's look at another one. Hebrews, uh, pardon me, 1 Thessalonians. We'll go there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Are you with me? All right. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, I read a little bit of this a few weeks ago when we were talking about the God of peace, but we're going to see it now in the area of what we're talking about today. First uh, Thessalonians 5 and 23 says, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. So He never again, He's never asking you to do anything on your own. Okay, back to verse 23. But he, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. In other words, set you apart completely. Amen. You're going to be made different, right? That's what it means. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body, spirit, soul, body, all parts of you, be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the word preserved there literally means uh, guard, to guard over, watch over, to keep the eye upon. The word blameless means faultless or unblameable. So God's saying here that 
His commitment to you really is this, trying to, my commitment to you is to see you complete and whole in every area, amen, clean in every area, made different just like you're called to be in every area, and He is faithful to it. Well, pastor, maybe I don't want Him to change my habits. Well, he's not going to force you to not drink that, not smoke that, not do that, not say that. Say, well, I wish he would. No, you don't. No, you don't, because you don't like it when I say it to you. The point is, isn't it amazing? His commitment to you is, I want to see you completely blameless. In all areas, I'm here. Any area of your life that you move toward me, that's what God says, I'll help you with it. Anything you ask, I'll be there for you. Anytime you move toward me, I'm there for you. He's not, he's not forcing you know, a lot of times. Say, you know, we always pray certain prayers, you know, Holy Ghost, get them, you know, <laughs> knock them flat out on their butt. Like, eh, I don't know that God's going to do that. You know, we want the Spirit of God to draw them, no doubt about it. But God ain't putting havoc in their life to teach them a lesson. The devil does that pretty good. You know, when you go off to the pig pen, you get pig mess. The Father didn't say, you get in that pig pen and suffer. No, he said, nope. When he was coming back, you know darn well the boy stunk. He said, put a new robe on him. Amen. Let's just, you just, just wrap something good around. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just make this boy look good. Put a ring, a covenant ring, a signet ring on his hand, the shoes on his feet. Come on. We're going to be merry. We're going to have us. Why? Because that's a faithful father. I think when you stop and you think about it, this is what works. Now, uh, somebody said, well, you know, shouldn't you uh, put a stop to this or stop to that? I think you do things as God leads. But we're going to show you something here in just a second or two here. Okay, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. Are you still with me? 1 Corinthians 10. God is faithful. Let's go to, back up here, verse, uh, verse 11. So now all these things happen to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition or our instruction or teaching, all right? Uh, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, what he's talking about in context is really, in all honesty, talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is what happens when you choose life. This is what happens when you choose uh, death. This is what happens when you choose the blessings. This is what happens when you choose the curse. God instructs you, right? So teaching you what you should do and not do is definitely what he does. Hello. And instructs you 
of this is how you can have abundant life and this is how you can operate under the opposite. You choose life, you get this. You choose death, you get this. You choose the blessing, this is what happens. You choose the curse, this is what happens. It's all laid out there. All right? So that's how he instructed them. Then they go off and they chose, even though he told them, choose life. They still said, nah. Does that sound familiar? Nah. So they went this way. So this is what happens. So he's now instructing this is what happened. It has never changed. He instructs this is how to live. This is how not to live. This is how to be blessed. This is how to be, you know, operate under the curse. This is how it works. So this is all said for your instruction. Right? God still does that. And guess what? When you run off and you come back, it's still going to be the same. This is how you live. This is how you don't. This is what you do to have abundant life. This is what you do to have nothing but curse. It's never changed. It ain't never going to change. Well, I don't like it. Sorry. It's how it works. But where is he at? I chose, I chose the mess. I know. Come. Because life choice is back in the arms of the Father. No matter where you've been or what you've done, the choices you've made, the best thing you could do right now is choose life. Always. You know, I always, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, you got to kind of have your own picture, I guess. But for me, it's, you know, there's always, there's always choice A. Somebody said, well, I've, I've missed choice A a long time ago. No, every day, you ha- it's all again. Right now, you're, you're brought into a point. Choose life. Choose, choose A right now. Well, I've already messed up yet. No, th- today's a new day. And it's a new moment. So, okay, maybe you've, you've missed out on choice A a dozen times. But you're back here again. What are you going to do? Move toward God. Choose life. Amen. Make a right choice. And, and as you do, He moves towards you. Amen? All right. So these are all written uh, for your example. So that's why He said all this. Now, verse 12. Here we go. Verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. In other words, this works the same for you as it does for everybody else. Nobody's exempt. The same thing that happened to them can happen to you. And to think that it won't is silliness. That's what he's saying. Verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. In other words, it's the same temptations that hit everybody. Now, your weakness might be in a different area than the next person next to you there, but the temptations are all the same. They're all common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape. Everybody say escape. Let's see here. 
I wrote it down here. Just the word escape means an exit. I like that. An exit. Exit, stage right. Not going that way. Woo! Right? Okay, so, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it or endure the temptation is what it refers to. Now, somebody says, well, I failed, so God wasn't. No, no, the whole time God was already, God already told you. You knew what you were doing. And the whole time the Spirit of God was pulling on you. And that message that the pastor said two weeks ago is ringing in your ears. Not due to condemnation, but just, it's just, you know. See, there's always a way of escape. Oh, but pastor, I didn't take the way of escape. I know. And he knows. So what do we do? I guess you die in the pig pen. No. Hopefully, you come to yourself. 1 John 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful. Well, pastor, you're just saying, you're just saying, you know, giving everybody a license to sin. No, 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 no. Nobody needs a license to sin. We do so good without a license. (laughs) Why will God forgive us our sins? Because He is faithful. Because the name of the game is right here, in my arms is where you belong. Amen. That's right. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And I love this part because a lot of times we forget it. Cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful. Come here, son. That's right, that's right. Let's get you well. Let's get you whole. That's right. They're about that, see? All gone. Huh? All gone. Now, wait a minute. All gone. New creation. Mm, Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. No, that's not right. It is right. See, sometimes we struggle with it because we're the other son that forget all that he has is ours. And what we have to understand is all that he has is also that individual. That any time they move toward him, here he is. God is faithful. God is faithful. There is a way of escape from every sin and every temptation. And if, hopefully, see, one of the reasons you come to church um, is to hear the truth so that we, you know, renew our minds to choose life and not death, right? And so there is, you know, the Word 
But then there's always that spirit on the inside that's wooing us, talking to us, leading us, prompting us, bidding us the whole time. See, there's a way of escape always. But then when we don't choose it, this is what we have. Now, the thing that I want to encourage is that I don't want nobody dying in a pig pen. I don't care if, you know, for, you know, I don't know where you're all at in this room or who's watching or listening by internet. God don't want you dying in no pig pen. God wants you to come to yourself and move toward Him. And when you do, this is what can happen. Make things new. Make things clean. What do you have? Fresh start. His mercy's new every day. Fresh start. And one day, amen, for that, that person that maybe you think just keeps making wrong choices. Well, one day, that fresh start will be the last fresh start they need. Because it was just right. Everything, amen, that hug from God. Come on, that kiss on the neck. Amen. Was everything they needed for them to never again walk back in that mess and that yuck again. God is faithful. Always. Did you get some today? Give God praise. Come on. What an appropriate message for Father's Day. What an appropriate message for Father's Day. And we know that the reason our fathers in this house are faithful is because they're drawing off the faithful father. So we just want to take a moment to pray for all the dads in this house today. That as they draw from a faithful father... They'll be faithful in fatherhood. Amen. Amen. So why don't we have all our dads stand? Hallelujah. In the house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are grateful that you have accepted the responsibility of being a father. Mm -hmm. Not every man that has a child accepts that responsibility. So we are grateful to you that you accept that responsibility and that God's wisdom flows through you. Amen. Amen. So let's just all extend our hands and hearts toward these men, and we call them men of God. Father, we are so grateful in this house, not only for your faithfulness as a father, but that you are imparting this day into these men of God faithfulness for fatherhood, whether their children are newborn to their children, are adults matured and grown. We thank you that the wisdom of God, yes. the instruction of the Spirit, and the faithfulness of the Holy One abides and resides within them. Give them strength and courage how to influence those that are not even their own children in the face of any diverse thing. I thank you, Father. That you are yes. allowing them to be fathers to yes. multitudes. Give this generation yes. an example of fatherhood through them. That they teach respect. That they teach honor. They teach diligence. And they teach faithfulness. 
We give you praise and thanksgiving that the desire of their heart as a father will be fulfilled. I ask, Father, for a washing away of every guilt and shame for failing in that position. I thank you, Father, that you're empowering of this day to be better and greater as fathers in the kingdom of God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I just want to mention, there's a little note that we have for each father. It's written um, from a child's perspective of what they want their dad to be. So it's as a prayer from a child, but it gives you awareness as a father. So right, that, the you. ushers will be handing that out right. um, as you go out the doors. Praise, praise God. God. Well, God's good. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you all stand up, look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, have you hugged a faithful God lately? Praise God. Hallelujah. Shake a hand, hug a neck, tell him I'm so glad you love Jesus and you are dismissed.